I'm Anya, and I spent decades compartmentalizing and suppressing the different parts of myself. I woke up at age 40 exhausted, confused, and completely out of alignment. These days, I am definitely not your run-of-the-mill bored housewife. So if you are tired of the shame narrative around sex and pleasure, and you're ready to be all facets of yourself, let's create sexual alchemy. This is a Soulfire production. Hello, loves. It is great to be back with you again for our second episode of Sexual Alchemy. I appreciate every one of you who joined me on part one of my journey and the story that I told about my life up to the point where I was ready to create sexual alchemy within my own life. And today we are going to dive right back in, in just a few moments, to what my journey has looked like the last number of years. But before we do that, I think it would be great to do a little bit of housekeeping around a couple of items. The first item is the title of the show. And as you all are probably aware, and I know I am, sexual alchemy is not a word that is in the dictionary. Can't find it in Webster's. But as I was thinking about this show and knowing that I wanted it to be the intersection of and the intertwining of spirit and sex within our lives, the word alchemy has always resonated with me deeply. And the meaning of that word is a seemingly magical process of transformation. And we often hear about the alchemization of metals, things like that, coal into diamonds. And when I think about alchemy, I think about taking one thing and without changing the entire makeup of it, getting something more beautiful from it in a way that cannot be explained necessarily through human words and explanation. And I was laying in bed one morning. It was really early. I think it was around 3 or 3.30. And I just woke up thinking, what am I going to call this show when I finally bring it to life? And somehow the smashing up of those words together made perfect sense to me. And the alchemization of our sexuality is something to me that only happens through intention. And it is a magical process and it cannot necessarily be explained through human words, but we see it around us and we see evidence of it having happened to people or we feel it happening to ourselves. And that is where I'd like to go with this show, at least now in this initial phase and this initial iteration of it. Those are the stories I want to talk about and tell. You know, that seemingly magical process, that ineffable process of how someone's life can transform through embracing of their sexuality and living unapologetically into what is aligned for their own spirit and for themselves. That's where sexual alchemy comes from. And another thing I want to talk about is the nature of this show 
being anonymous. Obviously, you all know me and will continue to know me as Anya. And Anya is not my given name. It is a chosen name. And it is one that I use within a pretty important aspect and part of my life that we'll be talking about on today's show. The name Anya comes from the Celtic goddess Anya. And maybe we'll talk a little bit more about that later on in the show today. But she was a force, a tremendous force, and is a goddess whom I really identify with in a number of ways. But again, here we are talking about embracing our whole, about living into alignment with ourselves and with our spirits. And yet I'm using a name that is not what I go by in my day-to-day life. It is not what my children know me by. It's not what my clients call me. It's not what my husband calls me most of the time. (laughs) And I want to address what might seem hypocritical about the fact that I am utilizing that name here in the show. And I think we all can recognize that there, just like there are compartments within our lives that we're trying to integrate, we also live in a world that is full of dualities. And we live in a world that is not ready to really embrace and celebrate some of the conversations that I really want to have. And I have three precious children for whom it is not their choice that I am out there talking about this. And so in a lot of ways, until they are older, I don't believe that it's my right to be out and publicly be talking about things with my own identity in a way that could make life harder for them. And you may disagree with me, and that is absolutely fine. I see a lot of, I understand where you might feel differently about that, but I just want to acknowledge that piece. And I also want to acknowledge and address the fact that my husband's professional life and pieces of my own professional career are also probably not ready to accept and embrace this embracing of the sexual journey and talking about it so openly. And so I just want to put that out there. I want to name it because it is true that I am utilizing that name and that it is not the name that I go by in my day-to-day life. But again, as we will get to later, it is a name that is resonant with me and that I do utilize in another aspect of my life. And we'll get more into that here shortly. So last time we stopped the journey at my 40th birthday and the amazing trip that I had with my son, whereby I kind of rebirthed myself and said, I'm ready to embrace my wholeness and who I am and not live my life and be defined any longer by the relationships that I have, but rather I'm going to be living my life for me. And when I came home from that trip, you know, I had been talking about how I had been really experiencing a sexual awakening within my own personal dating life. 
but I also acknowledged how I was choosing partnership or lack thereof really is what it turns out to be with people who were not emotionally available to me and with people who did not truly care about me in ways that were nurturing to who I am. And so I came back from that trip. It was January of 2017. And I was ready to live life a little differently. And so I started dating differently. And I had one very short-lived dating relationship um, in that spring with someone whom I enjoyed spending time with, but it became very obvious to me that it was a in the moment when I am with you, I am with you. And when I am not with you, I'm doing other things and I'm not accountable to, to you. And as soon as that became clear to me, for the very first time in my life, I stood up and I walked out and I said, best of luck to you. Because it became clear to me that if I wanted to live differently, I was going to have to make different choices. And I was finally ready to do that. And it wasn't easy. And I remember it was hard to stand for myself, but it also felt so fucking empowering to stand for myself for the first time in what felt like ever. And I know that I did when my marriage ended and things like that, but it didn't feel like a celebration at the time. And little did I know what the universe would have in store for me, but that right around the corner, my amazing, beloved, love of my life husband was waiting for me. And we met pretty quickly on the heels of that other quasi relationship ending. And the next six months of my life looked like a fairy tale. And honestly, it hasn't really stopped since then. And of course, I don't mean that there have been no ups and downs and sideways and insides and outs, because of course there have been. But when I met, and we'll call my husband E, when I met my husband E, I learned that love existed that I had never experienced before. I learned that there are people out there who will see all of you, even when you can't see yourself. And I learned that there will be people who care enough to know the whole of you and that will push you to embrace and accept it, even when you might say you want to, but you don't really know what that means or how to do it. And so the love story that E and I, you know, began four years ago continues on a day-to-day level now. And we are learning so many things about ourselves that we never really knew or embraced before. But we understand by the familiar feeling of those things that they've always been there. And so instead of speaking cryptically, let me just put it out there. For the first year and a half of our relationship, he and I had a pretty traditional setup. We got engaged about four months or so after we met. 
we got married three months later, maybe just two months later. And it was a whirlwind, but we were so in love and so ready for this new type of relationship that neither of us had ever been in before. And the first full year of our marriage, of course, we were getting to know each other better. Our children were blending households. And we really learned that as much as we loved each other, we didn't necessarily know each other quite yet. And we had had 40 years to live on this earth and accumulate baggage, but we hadn't ever unpacked it. So we just carried it with us into our marriage and started figuring out which suitcases we were going to try and just leave closed and ignore and which ones we were going to actually intentionally unpack. But one thing about my husband is that if he feels or senses that something is off and that he can't quite make sense of the puzzle that's in front of him, you know, he could kind of see it coming together, but the pieces aren't all there. There is nothing that is going to stop that man from trying to put those pieces together. And when he looked at me, he saw a woman whose sexual story was incomplete. And it was fragmented. And it didn't make sense to him. And so he dug a little deeper. He kept scratching the surface and tried to understand my turn-ons and how we could explore those together. And he really, really dug so deep. And it made me so deeply uncomfortable that there were times over the course of that first year that I didn't know (laughs) if we were going to make it because he was making me so uncomfortable and he was discovering things about me that made him so uncomfortable that neither one of us at times felt safe because we didn't feel like we had an understanding of what we were in the middle of. And so this brings us to the point in January 2019 when we finally have a bit of a come to Jesus. We've been going back and forth, struggling in our sexual dynamic, also having some pretty intense power play kind of dynamics because we both had been single for so long and parenting on our own that we both felt very righteous about the fact that we knew individually that we were the better parent and that we knew how to run the household better. And he approaches me in January 2019, 13 months into this precious marriage and says, okay, something's got to give and it's going to be me. I'm going to bend a knee to you and we can't both of us be the alpha dominance here. And we're going to try a little something. I'd like to see what it is like to enter into something called a female-led relationship. And in my head, I'm like, shit, sign me up. (laughs) I am ready for this. Not having any idea what it really meant, but I loved the concept, right? I've always been a feminist. I've always wanted to live within my power. I believe solidly that I have leadership qualities, that I have decision-making qualities that are really solid and also that I take into account what other people's needs are and what they feel, what they want. And so even on its face, I was like, cool, bro. Yep, I'm in. And 
Little did I know what that actually meant. And that really just began the conversation. So I started doing my research on what it meant to be in a female-led relationship. And boy, just get out there. Do a little research on your own. It will take you down a rabbit hole of BDSM and kink that I definitely was not prepared for. And as I stumbled into it further, I was like, you know, I don't, I don't know if this is me. But there were some really empowering elements of it that felt intoxicating. So we kept our conversation going and he bought a book on female-led relationships. And so we read some of that together. I don't know that we actually ever finished it. But within this book, it talks about coming up with a relationship contract. That if you're going to enter into an unconventional relationship container with one another, a contract might be a good idea too. Both of us, with our legal backgrounds, felt that we were really well equipped to write this contract. So he took a crack at it and sent it my way. And as we do in the legal world, we like to redline things, right? We like to mark things up and send it back to the other side. And it was so interesting in the contract because I was pretty on board with everything that I read in there in terms of me taking over in the home, finances, child rearing, all of these types of things. He was going to be doing a lot more of the heavy lifting on the household side of things in terms of laundry and cooking and that sort of thing. And I was right, I was right, you know, I was right in line with all of that. But I get to this clause in the contract where it talks about sexual freedom. And it talks about how, as the leader of our home, if I choose to exercise sexual freedom outside of our marriage, it would be considered consensual. It would be considered ethical. However, he would remain faithful to me no matter what. And if you recall from the first conversation we had in episode one, my first marriage ended because of infidelity, or at least that's what I believed ended my marriage, you know, at the time. And I couldn't get behind this. I was like, no way. First of all, that feels like a trap. (laughs) Second of all, never could I ever be with anyone else, right? And so I redlined it out. I sent it back to him. He sends it back to me with it back in there. And at the same time, I'm doing my research on female-led relationships, right? And I come across this concept of cuckolding. Now, In the cuckolding community, and now that we've been a part of this world for about two and a half years, I can assure you there is no one decided upon definition of what it means to be in a cuckold relationship. But when I first learned about it, my understanding was that I would make my husband a cuckold if I was sexually unfaithful to him or if I was with other partners. A big piece of this for us, of course, is that it is consensual. He knows about everything. We consider it a form of consensual non-monogamy or ethical non-monogamy, whatever terminology you prefer. But I came across this concept of cuckolding in my research, and a light bulb went off in my head. And I think, okay, the marriage contract, the female-led relationship piece, And all of this is starting to tie together because what I was finding in my research around cuckolding is that oftentimes there is a power play dynamic in the relationship between the husband and wife, whereby the wife is in charge 
quote unquote, wears the pants in the family, makes all the decisions, that sort of thing. There's also a bit of a BDSM dom sub dynamic happening sometimes in that female led relationship, as well as in a cuckolding relationship. And so, you know, we'd been talking about this for a little bit and come February of 2019, we're sitting out to dinner for Valentine's Day. And I said to him, you want me to cuckold you, don't you? And he about spit his steak out. (laughs) You would not have seen the look of shock on his face. It was just insane. And he had no idea that I had stumbled kind of upon his deep, dark secret. So that really is where the curve in the road hit us at about 90 degrees, right? We'd been living a very traditional marriage up until this point for, you know, a whole 13 months. This concept comes in and I'll tell you for the last two and a half, three years, we have been speeding down that road at 90 miles per hour with very few breaks along the way. So as you can see, (laughs) the progression up until my 40th birthday and then from 40 to where I am today at age 44, my life couldn't look more different sexually. And we will have the opportunity over the course of this show to unpack all of these things in a really different way. But the dynamic that my husband and I find ourselves in right now is just our version, our container. And I will give you so much more information about what that looks like. We'll talk to other couples who have similar dynamics to us. We will talk to individuals who have very different dynamics, perhaps some within the kink scene, perhaps some who are more asexual. I just want to run the gamut of talking to everyone about this process in their life of coming to terms with who they are as a sexual being, as a spiritual being, and as a sexual being. And what I can also share with you is that along the way, I was going through a pretty significant spiritual awakening at the same time that I was going through this sexual revolution with my husband. And there were times that I would allow myself to get so tied up in knots thinking, I can't be both of these things. I can't be a deeply spiritual being and a deeply sexual being at the same time because I still had this bifurcation in my mind of what it meant to be both and that they didn't go together. And it wasn't until I'm trying to come up with my timeline here. So this is like January, February, 2019. We jumped deep end into the cuckolding pool. We can get far more into that later. But we jump into the deep end, and by July of 2019, we had been running ourselves ragged on this cuckolding train. And I also was experiencing this massive spiritual shift in myself. And I went to Europe for two different trips that summer, once with our daughter, once by myself for a spiritual retreat in Ireland. And I will confess that while I was on that retreat in Ireland, I felt certain that I would come home and our marriage would be over because I had put the brakes significantly on any chatter of cuckolding or anything. I just wanted to put myself back in the Madonna whore complex only on the Madonna side, right? I could not allow myself to be both. And not only did it about break my marriage, but it about put me in the tailspin 
of a complete emotional breakdown because I felt certain that I loved this sexual aspect of myself, but I didn't know how to reconcile it with the spiritual aspect. And so we spent the next several months really trying to figure out what direction we were heading. And slowly and slowly and slowly, it started to turn into, the tide turned so that we thought, you know, I think we can work this out. We'll figure this out. And then I don't even remember what it was, but I think I read something. I don't know if it was a blog post or if it was, might've been even a podcast that I heard that talked about the intertwining of spirit and sex. And I finally understood that I had kept trying to put myself only in one box. And the reality was there were too many boxes that held deep parts of my identity. And I didn't want to have to throw any of my pieces away. I wanted them all. And damned if that's also not the exact same thing that E had been wanting from me this whole time. And it's still the thing he wants today. And it's still part of our journey today in that my integration of self changes regularly. I'm never a fully integrated sexual being in one camp, and I'm never a fully integrated spiritual being in another. And that's the journey that I'm on. And that's the journey that I want all of us to be on together. I don't know where it's going to take me. I don't know where it's going to take my marriage. I don't know where it's going to take any of these other partnerships that we build off on the side. But I really want to explore this together because it is my deep abiding belief that if we try to live our lives in these little boxes, we will never really fully experience life as a whole. And even just a little example, I'm often made fun of within my own social circles for being somebody who can't integrate friendships. I have this group of friends from this part of my life, this group of friends from that part of my life, and never the twain shall meet. And I remember E throwing me a birthday party for my 42nd birthday, I believe it was. And I quite literally had a panic attack because all of my groups of friends were going to be together under one roof and I didn't know what to do with it. And to me, that could not just be a more perfect anecdote and example of what I'm talking about here. Someday, I'm going to allow the roof to be blown off of who I am as a whole individual in all parts of my life. And I simultaneously can't wait for it, and I'm terrified for it. Because we all have different pieces of ourselves that we like to show in different segments of the world, right? And we know which part to put facing outward at any given time. But I do know that one of the things that I'm being tasked with and one of my purposes in this life is to integrate myself and live fully and wholly as that being, no matter where I'm at, in what setting, and with whom. And no, of course, that does not mean that I'm going to be sexually open the way that I would be in a lifestyle party situation in front of my family. But it also doesn't mean that I'm going to hide all of that under a rock and make sure that nobody has any idea 
that that's what's going on behind the closed doors. And if they were to open my closet drawers and look in all of our buckets and bins, oh my God, what would they find? You know, there is an element of privacy that is sacred and it is right. But when we live our lives in ways that keep us hidden so deeply, even from ourselves, what the fuck are we doing? And so I started out this conversation with you today talking about my anonymity and why and protecting my children and society not being ready for where we're heading. But I simultaneously acknowledge and admit that I don't want those things to be true for me forever, for the world forever. I believe that we are all going through a process of alchemization of recognizing who we are deeply at our core and allowing that to be true across all facets of our lives. And for some people, it may not be a sexual revolution. It could be something completely different. But for me, that's what it is. And I think for a lot of you, that's what it is too. Embracing all the parts of yourselves that you've held shame for, wanting to heal parts of yourself that have been hurt and burdened for too long, I think there's so much that we can do here together. And I'm so excited to be along for the conversations, to meet more of you, to talk to more of you, to put people's stories out there. So I'll keep talking about my own as well, but I can't wait to hear about yours. I think we're going to have some really exciting conversations. And I just want you to feel free to reach out to me, whether you want to reach out on Twitter or on Instagram or wherever that may be, let's connect and let's talk and let's go through this alchemization together. I'm so excited for it. And I can't wait to talk to y'all again soon.